Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. You know, from the looks of things, school is in full swing. I, you know, regardless of, of if your child is in public school, private school, and you might even be on the same calendar if you homeschool. Speaking of homeschool, we got a great guest on that issue uh, in parental rights coming up in just a minute. But I want to just a few lead-ins, if you will, a couple of things that are important to talk about this week. If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedoms in the arena of the, the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. We've had over 200 consecutive episodes of the Texas Values Report. We're excited about that. We want to keep it going. And a big reason is because this is where you can get information that you're likely not to find other places. Speaking of back to school and good information, you know, you're going to get back into school. You know, you kind of get the schedule worked out, figure out what you need to do, get the things signed to send back to school, whatever, get on your routine. And, you know, you may have things that come up in assignments where you want to talk about what you did this summer. Very common, right? You might have went to a vacation Bible school. You might have went to a church camp. You might have actually did something religious if you're listening to this radio station or, or to some of our work, and you might want to talk about it. So you might want to know what your rights are. There's a lot of freedom for public school students when they go back to school. Uh, charter schools are public schools as well. And so you might want to have that information. Go to txvalues.org. We're going to put something up later today, a blog post that talks about some of the laws that we've been a part of, court cases that make it very clear what your religious liberty rights are when you go to public school. And I talked about that example because you may be asked what you do this summer and someone may say, oh, you can't talk about that. That's not religious. <laughs> that is not the case. If you're allowed to do an assignment and have some freedom to do it, you can't be treated differently because it relates to a religious or a Christian issue. But there's a whole lot more to know. We'll be putting something up on our website, txvalues.org, later today. One other thing I want to mention, the Faith, Family, and Freedom, our annual policy forum is coming up on September 6th and 7th. We're about three-fourths of the way sold out, okay? And it happened really the past two weeks when we announced that U.S. Senator Ted Cruz is going to be one of our featured speakers. Ticket sales went way up, okay? They probably doubled or tripled, but there's still time. You can go to txvalues.org, get your tickets today. That's right here in the central Texas area. Come from wherever you need to come from, but be here September 6th and 7th. Uh, we did check conflicts and most of the major college football games are not conflicted by the uh, the policy forum that weekend. That's at Great Hills Baptist Church. But speaking of back to school, homeschool, parental rights, there's a really big issue that's brewing right now in the state of Texas. And I got a great guest to talk about it today. Uh, and look, I'm not even going to get into the details, but it relates to parental rights and constitutional rights and the courts and, and how these things conflict sometimes, you need to hear about this case. And the person that's going to tell you about it is Tim Lambert. Tim Lambert is a great friend of mine. He has been the leader of the Texas Homeschool Coalition for as far back as I can remember. He's one of the most well-respected voices in the state of Texas, if not the country, when it comes to homeschool issues and parental rights. Tim, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Well, great to be with you. You bet. Look, Tim, you know, you and I have been friends for a long time. We've been uh, fortunate, if you will, to stand together on a lot of issues, uh, whether it's at the Capitol, whether it's on the ground somewhere, if you will, in public, or whether it's related 
to issues of court. Our organization joined your organization earlier this week to file a brief on a very important parental rights issue that's been unfolding over the past two or three months here in the state of Texas. Tell us about this very important case. Well, Jonathan, thanks for standing with us on that. The Pardo family is a, a family that's a homeschool family that's been a member of our association for five years. They have a little, they have three kids. Their youngest is a little four-year-old. He's medically fragile. Uh, he's had brain surgery. Uh, he's autistic. Uh, and they've taken him to Dallas Children's Hospital for many years. Uh, they had a really bad uh, situation with the doctor there the, the child aspirated, and then they put him in the hospital. The doctor who attended that child never came to see that kid over four or five days. So the family <clears throat> filed a formal complaint with the hospital, and that doctor responded by filing a complaint with the child abuse unit of that hospital who called CPS. And uh, back in June, uh, CPS contacted the family we provide uh, an attorney who deals with these CPS investigations. We've handled about 60 of those with our, our family members uh, over the last five years. And so he intervened with that family. CPS is required by law, uh, state and federal, to tell the, the, the family and their attorney what the allegations are. They refuse to do so. And in two weeks in, they went to a judge, and a brand-new judge, at an ex parte hearing where the family was not notified or presented, got an emergency removal to remove this child. So on June the 20th, two caseworkers and four police officers showed up and forcibly removed this little four-year-old special needs kid. Um, the family did a video, uh, it's on our website, a 15-minute heartbreaking video of this little four-year-old boy begging for his daddy to come with him. Um, at the 14-day hearing, uh, and this is in Kaufman, Texas, just east of Dallas, uh, CPS uh, had no evidence of abuse or neglect, um, and yet the judge, uh, Judge uh, Chitty, a state district court judge, gave CPS everything they wanted. They kept the child in custody. Uh, the judge issued a gag order on the parents. Uh, Senator Bob Hall is in that district. He sat in the court. He called this. Uh, Jonathan, the most egregious injustice he had ever seen in his life. Um, so the the family filed a uh, we're we're paying for the legal representation of the family. Uh, their appellate attorney Jim Pickle from Dallas filed a a motion to suspend with the Dallas Court of Appeals, the lower court uh, order, as well as a, a writ of mandamus. Uh, the court filed. This is interesting. Jonathan, the court, they filed that on Friday morning by 5 o'clock. The court responded and gave CPS till Monday afternoon to, to respond to the first order and seven days to respond to the writ of mandamus. So I understand that that is extremely fast for um, a, a court of appeals to move. So uh, they have responded now. Uh, our, we we uh, filed a writ of mandamus, I mean, an amicus brief uh, that you and a lot of other groups signed on to. Uh, Texas Public Policy found a, a file a brief as well, and so we are praying that the uh, that the fam that the Dallas Court of Appeals will bring an end to this. In the meantime, uh, we launched a campaign on Monday to bring this issue to the public. Uh, we have a standalone website called BringDrakeHome.com. We have a video that we've posted on this that has gone viral. It's had over a million views in the last four days. Uh, we are asking people to sign a petition for the governor to make calls to his office. Uh, CPS is broken. 
Johnson. Well, this and let is me, happening all over the country. Yeah, let me jump in real quick. We're talking with Tim Lambert, who leads the Texas Homeschool Coalition. And, you know, Tim, is some people may ask, be asking themselves, well, well, homeschooling is legal in the state of Texas. Wait, what does this have to do with it? This is a parental rights issue. And so a lot of people don't realize that's where part of this landscape includes when it comes to protecting the rights of homeschoolers is many of them, and I'll let you state it better than I, that have had to deal with or have been treated unfairly by CPS. And it you know, sometimes can be under this cloud of suspicion because you know, you homeschool and even though it's legal, well, you know, maybe there's there's probably something going on that's just not right because they homeschool. I mean, it, you know, and I'm not saying that's what's happening in this case, but my point is that's why you've been your organization's been a lot involved in a lot of the CPS cases cuz it just so happens that a lot of homeschoolers find themselves having to deal with CPS and and oftentimes unfairly. Jonathan, that's exactly right. Ten years ago, I went to our board and I said, you know, guys, we've won the battle with the school districts. We have a Supreme Court decision in the Leaper case. The new battle for homeschool freedom is in the family courts. It's in custody cases or CPS cases. uh, And that's the reason that we have been a leader on this issue of CPS reform and parental rights, because as 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 we say, uh, if we lose the fundamental God-given right we have as parents to make decisions for our children, including medical decisions, then we will lose our right to homeschool. So that's where we are in the 21st century, and unfortunately, uh, it, it is incredible to see the animus uh, that many of these CPS workers have toward. In fact, we've had anecdotal evidence. Case workers tell us there is an animus toward homeschoolers. There is the assumption that if you're homeschooling, you, you're hiding something. Wow. We look at, and, and I was reading through the brief this week. I, you know, we were honored to sign on with you guys and, and just reading through, reminding myself of the court in the uh, history or, or the, you know, some of the, the legal precedent leading up to this point, but also reading through some of the facts. Let me, let's go back for a second. Uh, and the, the, the little boy is four years old. Is that right? That's correct. And, and how long has he been separated and out of his home from his parents? Uh, he's been separated since June the 20th. Okay. So we're at almost two full months that he has been separated from his family. Uh, is my understanding that he's special needs. So is there some medication or some um, medical uh, connection to this that he also has specific needs? So, Jonathan, the big issue is he has – they're having trouble getting him to eat, and so it's a, it's a feeding issue, uh, yeah. and they have, they have used different things. They've used uh, – uh, there was a disagreement between two doctors about what type of feeding tube they should use, and, and they're now claiming that that is medical child abuse because the family uh, chose a second opinion. But, but here's the interesting thing. CPS is now trying to argue this kid is doing better than he did in, in, in CPS's custody than the family's custody. At the 14-day hearing, Jonathan, they acknowledged they'd taken this kid off his feeding tube. They'd done all these things. He's lost six pounds. Now, Jonathan, That's a lot of CPS, weight for a four-year-old kid to lose. You know what CPS would do if the family had a kid and this four-year-old lost six pounds in two weeks? They would be all over that saying, you're not, you're not a good parent. Well, and yet they justified it in this situation. Well, and Tim, I mean, look, you know, 
How many of us have had our kids go over to the, you know, the grandparents for the weekend or to go to, you know, their first camp or whatever? I mean, if they're away from the home for an afternoon, that's not like at school, but it's or, or overnight somewhere, it can create a little bit of uncomfortableness or, you know, just as a parent, you think about your child because, you know, they're not in your care at that moment. I can't imagine two months and particularly for a child this age who you know, is, has these needs or, or, or needs a special attention at times and has never experienced this type of separation, it can be absolutely devastating. And when is it going to end? And, and, and that's, I think, what happens a lot of times. People are like, well, wow, once the, the you know, CPS gets a hold of your child, you don't know how long that's going to be before they come back. Jonathan, CPS has, in these cases, CPS has 12 months to dispose of this case, and they can give them an extra six months. Wow, and you and I have worked on this at the Capitol. I mean, y'all have taken the lead, but we try to be there when we can to support you guys when it comes to these, you know, just uh, unreasonable, if not unconscionable, timelines. I mean, can you imagine the the, uh, government having a hold of your child? and refusing for you to really have access to them or regular interaction for a tight an entire year that's an amazing yeah. uh, it's unbelievable well it is and and a week ago today there was a status hearing uh in Kaufman and we were there the great thing uh, we had 100 almost 100 homeschoolers in the courtroom on the 14 day hearing there were about two or three dozen last week and here's what uh, Jonathan here's what they were doing last week they were trying to get the court to adopt uh, the family plan that they had adopted. They acknowledged that they had violated state and federal law in the investigation. They violated state and federal law in putting this family plan together. So so what the CPS is asking the court is to adopt this family plan as an order of the court. And Jonathan, you, you know that in a CPS case like that, you cannot be guilty of abuse or neglect. And if you fail to meet any F, any one of those things in the family plan, that's grounds for termination of your parental rights. Unbelievable. And this, and this family plan, the, they were wanting the family to acknowledge, quote, unquote, mom has medical needs, or excuse me, mental needs. Uh, dad has to acknowledge that she has serious mental needs. And they have to acknowledge, they have to agree that they were medically abusive to their child. Wow. Well, Uh, unfortunately, the the judge refused to allow that. Well, look, you and I know Jim Pickle, an exceptional attorney, um, is either as a candidate. He was on the Fifth Circuit, Fifth Court of Appeals at one point, right? Well, he was a candidate. Candidate, right? So he's got he's got um, some background in history and a lot of experience handling. Uh, legal matters. And so, you know, very interesting that that's a part of this equation. So look, um, Tim, this is a very important issue. I know it's getting a lot of attention. What's next? Give us an idea of some of the timeline uh, as far as you know, or your team knows as far as the court. And I heard you mention Senator Bob Hall has uh, talked about it. I think I saw TPPF has gotten involved. Um, let yeah. us know also some, you know, the latest developments. So, so the latest development is that uh, we had this hearing last week, and, and it was a win because uh, the, this was a different judge. This was a county court at law judge who, who issued the first removal order. She was, she's been a judge since January. I'm, I'm convinced that CPS lied to her to get this, uh, this order to remove. But she uh, was very uh, even-handed at the hearing. Uh, she's, uh, I think she's trying to expedite this. Uh, but CPS 
uh, is digging in their heels. They're doing everything they can to slow this process down. What we're really hoping is that uh, we, we saw these uh, amicus briefs filed this week at the Dallas Court of Appeals. Uh, we are hoping and praying that the Dallas Court of Appeals, of course, there's no deadline for them to issue an opinion, uh, but, but uh, Jim Pickle responded to CPS's uh, response, and he just decimated them. So, so we're just praying that this will end it, but unfortunately, if that doesn't happen, then this is liable to go on for months. Now, we did, the court also on last Friday uh, forced CPS to expedite a home study for a family member so that the child could be placed with a different family member. And, and that was good news, but, uh, well, but it's just horrible. And it, Tim, I'm, I'm holding up the website now um, from your homepage, bringdrakehome.com. You can go to this website, find out more information, sign the petition. You know, and there's a bigger principle here, too. I would say bigger, but there's one that applies more than just in this case. And this is this issue of the gag order because the issue's yeah. gotten a lot of attention. And so now you have the concern of judges and courts being allowed to set this precedent that we're not going to let anyone talk about it when it's obviously an issue of public concern because not only does it impact the rights of this child and the parents, but if you if judges continue to do this and CPS continues to do things like this, all of us that have children can have our liberties, our constitutional rights in jeopardy. And, you know, I, I do think the point you make about, you know, Senator Bob Hall and state leaders, I mean, CPS really is a division or it comes down, if you will, from a state entity. And so there's got to be some accountability and obviously a role for state leaders and uh, state representatives and senators to be involved. And it's great to see Senator Bob Hall, no surprise, but great to see him getting involved or at least trying to help however he can. Absolutely. Well, and we, we've gotten uh, good support from some of our legislators. You know, the governor, uh, the, the Department of Family Protective Services does not have a, uh, they have an acting commissioner right now. The former commissioner retired. So the governor's in the, in the uh, situation of having to replace that. Uh, that person. So this is a key person that needs to be replaced. And, you know, we need a, we need a reformer. We need somebody to go in there and clean that agency up. So I agree with Dr. Bob Hall, who says, you know, CPS is broken. They take kids they shouldn't take, and they don't take kids they should take. Yeah. And in, in this situation, Jonathan, they just they don't even follow the law. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's not that's not rocket science. It's very concerning. Well, look, and this is just more reason why you need to come to the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum on September 6th and 7th, because Tim Lambert is going to be one of our speakers at this event. we got about 40 different speakers. We've got someone from the Trump administration all the way down to someone from a local pregnancy center. I mean, it, it really, there's a wide range of people working that are involved and really have the most uh, cutting edge or the latest information on important issues. And I imagine there's going to be something else that, that will unfold. Hopefully there'll be some good news in two or three weeks on September 6th and 7th. And you can hear Tim Lambert, meet him in person, get to hear more about this issue and others. Tim, look, we'll keep praying for your team. Let us know what we can do. We'll continue to get the word out as well on this issue. And God bless you for the work that you're doing for homeschoolers and for parental rights across the state of Texas. Jonathan, thank you. It's great to be with you. Appreciate you, Tim. Well, that was a great update. You know, this story's kind of been 
uh, working around this week and getting a lot of attention. And so great for us to be able to shed some light on it. But also we were very thrilled that we were able to file an amicus brief. That really is a friend of the court. It's a brief that's filed where you can come in and talk about a specific issue, but also really get into certain details that maybe you feel like the court may be missing or there's not enough attention being put on it. And you don't have to be uh, a party in the case. You don't have to be A, that's suing B, or the state versus so-and-so. You can have your own interest, even though you're not related to uh, one of the individuals, if you will, that's already involved in the case. And you see that a lot with issue groups like ours and others. And so a lot of hard work done by the lawyer that filed this brief. We did a little bit of review just to get some insight and support. And so we'll see what happens. And there's some state legislators I know that signed on to this brief and others. So hopefully that'll get the attention of the court and we'll see this issue get turned around. But a big deal here, parental rights, and also what we feel like is an overreach from the court putting in a gag order so people can't talk about it, or particularly the people involved in this case, when in a lot of ways, that's where they've gotten a lot of support because people think when they hear about it, they think it's outrageous. And that's, you know, really that's the way the First Amendment works. If there's uh, an injustice that's going on, it shouldn't be censored. So we'll see how that issue turns out. But you heard me mention at the beginning of the show, back to school, okay? You need to know what your rights are, okay? You need to know where you're going to second period, too. I get that, all right? Get the schedules worked out. Uh, maybe you're transitioning from one level to the next, like one of my children is. So you're trying to figure out which hallway do I go? Where does my locker? You know, you're trying to help the kids out with uh, all those things, you know, signing forms to turn them back in. You may be getting information that you're not aware of about sex education, The state law says that you can opt out of these things and you have a right to see whatever they're teaching in public school on these issues. But we're going to be putting a blog post up later at txvalues.org with a little bit of detail and some links about important information about religious liberty and faith and family as you head back to school. And I said that because um, I turned the wrong direction uh, this morning and I moved to a different area over the summer and there was no school. And there was school today, and now it took me about 20 minutes longer because, you know, there's always that one light, right? You get in that one light, and it's like a left turn, and the line doesn't move. The The lane next to you moves. Like, everybody's going. And you're in the lane, and, and it moves like three cars. And you're like, come on! Who's at the front of this line? Okay? Move it, right? Anyway, so, but... You know, you got to be safe out there. We don't want we want the kids to get hurt. So everybody's being a little bit more cautious uh, today and this week. Nonetheless, back to school information. Go to txvalues.org. Get more information about uh, some of these issues as they relate to public school. I've been involved, so has our team, a lot of different laws that we've worked on to really clarify or, ju- you know, just to make it clear in state law what your rights are. And I love it, right? Sometimes people say, oh, that's... You know, you can't do that. That's against the law. Well, you know, they taught us in law school, cite your source. That's what you need to say to someone at public school, right? If they're like, oh, you can't do that. Really? Well, cite your source, okay? And we got a source for you, all right? We got several sources, txvalues.org. It'll be up later today so you can get really to find out what the law is. You don't have to be ugly to people and confrontational, but, you know, they're going to try to say you can't do something. They need to show you what the basis for that is, and sometimes they just don't know. Right? You try to help them out, give them information, get it resolved, and then get a good grade on your homework. Okay, But 
Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum, September 6th and 7th. This event is going to sell out. Ted Cruz, Lieutenant General, General, it's so hard to say that. I want to say Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant General. I don't know that I've heard that before. I'm not, I don't have a lot of military background. I apologize. I love the military. Okay, but I don't always know all the divisions. He's a three-star general. Okay, that was probably easier for me to say. General Jerry Boykin. He's going to be our speaker at the private dinner the night of September 6th. Okay, September 6th and 7th. Get your tickets today. We had a huge rush of tickets sold once Ted Cruz announced, we're going to sell out. We can only fit 300 people in this room. Well, maybe we could squeeze a few more. But that's really where our cap is. So we don't want you to miss out on this. And look, you could get front row if you want. You want to get a VIP ticket. There's some packages online. You want to get a little bit closer, get a chance to shake Ted Cruz's hand, maybe get a picture. We'll see how that works out. There's also VIP packages. There's special the dinner package. But we've got close to 40 speakers. Religious Liberty, Transsexual, Drag Queens, um, Faith and Family, Homeschool, you name it, Sex Education, Go to TXValues.org, click the link. You can see all the different speakers. Senator Don Buckingham, uh, Representative Candy Noble, State Representative Jeff Leach, Congressman Chip Roy, um, also a professor from the University of Texas. I mean, it's just a great range of people that are going to cover a lot of important issues about what's happening right now in the courts, the legislature, in the media, and in your community. All right. Um, and we'll probably have something to say about the Leander meeting that we were at last night trying to push back against these drag queen story hours, these drag queen events that they're having for children at public schools. Some really good developments out of Leander last night that hopefully will make it harder. I mean, God, you know, goodness sakes, can we at least have background checks when these drag queens come here to read stories to the public library? Because they didn't in Houston. They found out two of them were registered sex offenders. That's why it's necessary to protect safety on these issues. But don't forget, we are a nonprofit organization. Go to TXValues.org. You can donate to us today. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the subscribe button. It's on the bottom right. Subscribe so when we update new videos, you'll be one of the first to know. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.